Stand clear. 100% wild podcast so for all you listeners. Hello and welcome to Definitely Not Your Favorite Outdoor Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Jury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast powered by DeerCast and fresh off of SHOT Show. That's right. Tim and I were roommates. That's Tim Chelsvick. You're, you're one part of this co-host duo. And you're Matt Drury. And you know what? We, nobody did anything crazy in Vegas at Chacho. That we know of. That Well, you were asleep every time I got to the room. So As a responsible adult <laughs> That's should right. be. Well at, well, at one point, Tim uh, texted me at like 2.30 the last night. He was like, are you okay? <laughs> I just finished my knitting. And I realized, and Matt's still not in yet. So I put my socks down. I'm knitting some socks. And, uh, and I texted you. Yeah, I only regretted it <clears throat> at 7 a.m. when I woke up for my flight. <laughs> yeah, you had an earlier flight than I did. Yeah. I was like, that's Yeah, I went be a to bed morning. at 3, up at 7, had to pack all my stuff. Yeah. And I tell you what, I had a layover, layover in Phoenix. That first flight to Phoenix, which is a short one, I, I, I mean, I thought I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> it was like the cold sweats, like I totally regretted <laughs> the night before. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways. Shot Show was a ton of fun. Yeah. A lot of great people, a lot of great products. And, uh, uh, yeah, it just, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. We should do a whole different podcast on, on that and all the cool stuff that was oh, out that's there. That's a good idea. But well, in the meantime. Yeah. We got Ed Hammersmith here from Veil Products. Ed, how are you doing? Doing great. It's it's great to have you on. Um, I know Mark got us turned on to Veil. How many years ago has it been now? Ed would know better than I. We were talking just beforehand here. Uh, it's probably, been, I don't know. Good couple years three anyway. four years yeah, i would think yeah. Three. yeah time flies right yeah mark exactly. doesn't really have time for things that don't work yeah and, no and he's a firm believer in this product don't work. Oh, yeah <laughs> that too <laughs> so uh and so so if if mark has adopted a piece of equipment like in my book that's a pretty strong endorsement well and and so We'll dive into this a little bit for those that may not know what your product line is or what, what you offer, but it's all related to the land management side of, of what we do and um, skid steer attachments. And mm -hmm. and for Mark, I mean, Wade, Perry, those guys, that's right up their alley. I think the hunting is almost secondary. They spend, you know, the majority of the year working on their farms and, and doing the land management. And I know they all love, um, you know, the X mulcher and all that stuff. Yeah. So. I guess before we dive too far into like specific products and, you know, you could always tell that we're at this point of the season, the, the deer season's over for the majority of the country. Of course, there's still some of those Southern states that are rolling, but everybody turns instantly into a couple things or most everybody it's, it's land management. How can I improve my property? How can I, you know, shed hunting and all that stuff like those items, but then Turkey season after that. So I felt like timing was perfect to have you come in yep. and let's go through some of the land management stuff. But I'd like to kind of hear your story and how you guys got started before we dive into the land management okay. side. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Hammersmith Manufacturing was started in 1964. So our our model was always to be a real high end uh, production shop. Um, we dealt with how we dealt with people, I guess you should say. Um, we're just going to be really involved you know, with everything they do. Um, so a couple of those customers we still have around today that we help start in like the seventies. And what kind of products were you manufacturing? Um, well, I mean, they went through a lot of stuff through ag and 
but in industrial cranes, uh, we build a lot of rail car movers, you know, Jeez. big moving equipment. <laughs> big, so big yeah, equipment. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like some of those rail car movers, uh, one of those rolls off the line at over 80,000 pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just one product. Um, so we, uh, in I guess in 13, we started doing a lot of research on, on uh, developing a new line of our own. Um, the interest was my brother and I both had farms and stuff. We had bought some competitors equipment and it just fell apart. We're like, gosh, you know, we can build a 40,000 pound weldment that won't fall apart. Surely we can build a mower that doesn't fall yeah, apart. Yeah. So, you know, we just started with that and then people are like, you know what you ought to do? You got to sell those, <laughs> you know, and then you build an, you build the next thing and the next thing and, and it just, it kind of taken off and, you know, our, I guess our niche is that we're more like-minded with the outdoor people because, you know, we're small town, uh, family business, you know, that type. So, you know, dealing with the Drury's and Lukoski's and Lindsay's of the world and stuff, those guys are more like us, um, but the caution I throw to all those guys, like once you, once you have this stuff, it changes the way you hunt. You know, you'll no longer just be sitting in a blind or a tree stand and just sitting there waiting for deer or playing on your phone. Yeah. Your phone work will be taking pictures. Like if I just remove those two trees. <laughs> it starts with two like, trees. And if, then if I just, if I just <laughs> do this, like there's a great stand tree right there. If I turn this food plot, I just angle a little bit off to the right. I can use that. I can use that tree over there. You know, I can build a blockade behind that where the deer can't get behind mm -hmm. me or you just start playing games in your mind where you're sitting in the sitting in a blind or a stand and it, it changes the way the way you hunt. Sure. It'll it'll forever change you. So, you know, your your equipment, it's you have several different types of implements, right? Attachments mm -hmm. that right. you can add to a skid steer. Right. And and so you're talking about not just like the X mulcher where you could just totally mow down mm -hmm. trees, but it's, it's, it's also like picking up big logs and right. moving. That's where you're kind of talking about the structure. And, you know, that talks, that speaks to the food plot architecture mm -hmm. that Mark and Terry love so much, yeah. really kind of pushing deer, funneling deer to your advantage to yep. a certain direction. Right. Yeah. I think we, we got into it. We thought, you know, we can build anything. Um, so the initial thought was to build everything from bale spears to force. Then we realized like, but our, you know, our mind is locked into um, land management. That's what we enjoy. That's what we like. Um, that's what we can relate to. So let's just stay on the land management sector and only build atta attachments that would be considered just land management tools. So we start with a mower and a grapple and a tree saw. Uh, and then we went to like the X mulcher, a disc mulcher, and now we have drum mulchers. And now we have mowers for mini excavators and, and large excavators and um, land planes for leveling the ground. And Mark likes to use on his driveway and stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> smooth driveway now. Uh, but yeah, you just, you know, there's, they're all tools that you would just, that are, I would consider you could have them all 
and you could use every single one of them to help manage your farm and stuff. So that's what we've just tried to stay in. So, you know, when you get into this, this type of stuff, it's not for the faint of heart. Like it's a, it's an expensive endeavor, Yeah. but as you and I were talking about it, I mean, just hell, just owning your own skid steer is expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it shocks me how many people have skid steers because they're, <laughs> they're really expensive. But a lot of times you see it that there are guys that have, they it's multi-use for them. And you yes. know, they, they might be a construction guy. They might be doing land management, mm-hmm. uh, outsourcing it to right. other people like myself that, <laughs> you know, yeah. need the help. So, I mean, it's, it's once you get into that, then you have to start getting into the attachments and, and they're not cheap either. Yeah. But as you were telling me, you know, off air, you guys build things that last. Like it's probably right. a detriment to your, it is to, to your own. It's sales. not a great business model for, for repair parts. But, but so. once you, once you build something like that, it, I can appreciate that from a consumer standpoint. It's like, Hey, once I buy it, I don't want it to break. Right. You know, I want it, yeah. especially if it's going to cost a pretty penny, I want it to last. Right. And that's kind of the quality side that I guarantee you is why the marks of the world and the Lindsay's and the, the crush that like those guys, like they expect quality right. items. You can go on any one of their farms and they're all meticulous. Right. So I think that's why that you guys have all gravitated towards each other. Cause it works, it's quality. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of put your name on it, you know, and, yep. and promote it, you can trust that it's going to do right by the consumer. That's right. Yeah. It seems like I, I love watching those gold rush shows or they're up in Alaska doing all the mining and mm-hmm. stuff. And, and even when Scott comes back from working on some of your pieces, Matt, the limiting factor to success is always like how many breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Equipment did you, failure. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, did you have to figure out? Did it completely stop your day? And so like invest on the front end, uh, you know, in quality equipment, then you reduce that that bottleneck there. It's just more about your time. then. So what is it about your product that makes the quality? Is it the type of steel you use? Is it the welds? Is it what is it that all yeah. the above? Yeah, it's all the above. Yes, we start with engineering, which we maybe did it a little different than a lot of people did it. We started from the inside out and we made sure that our drives, our motors, our bearings, our blades, that that stuff was the absolute best you could get your hands on. We didn't go cheap to save the money on that. So, you know, and then we, of course, we're really good at steel fabrication. That's our, that's our history. So we knew we could do that. We could develop products, you know, take vibration out. We knew we had the, the know-how and the engineering behind us to do that part, but combining the two, it just makes it, it makes it a more expensive product mm-hmm. by by over designing, over building, none of our stuff would be considered lightweight. Mm-hmm. Everything is like pushing the weight limits. Like we we push the envelope just a little bit, just to make sure that um, when somebody sees one of our stuff, they're like like kick it and like that is heavy. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that. Uh, feel that we want everybody to have. So. I think I always like uh, we have an, uh, another partner, uh, Paul Hollis at, at we used to be RTP Outdoors. It's now PH Outdoors, but he builds you know like drills and and those types of things for um, food plots. And his stuff's super heavy duty. It's it's very similar to what you're talking about. Really well manufactured. It's expensive, but it's heavy duty stuff that's not going to break on you. Mm-hmm. And, now you have to really think through like 
transferring it to this property or, or that pro- <laughs> property. And I'm yeah. sure you're in the same boat, sure. but sure. if somebody's taking a skid steer, someone they already figured that problem out. Anyways. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to haul them too awful far, but you know, we, we do kind of have a, uh, you know, uh, like a beginner's package that was a, this, if you just have this, you can do, you can do pretty much everything that you want to do. If you add these, <laughs> Two or three more items. Well, like if you've got sky's the if limit. You've got five hundred or a thousand acres or whatever. Then there's really no reason to squeeze it down to three. Go ahead and spend the money and get because there's some more efficient ways to do different things. So, you know, even on my, I do a lot of testing. I test every product that we have. Test. It's, yes, it's you on the farm, right? <laughs> Just enjoying your life. Right. <laughs> don't talk. Don't you can't tell. Mark people and Terry test hunting out. out every day. Can't, you can't tell them people that. So, um, scratch that. Yeah, but anyway, you you know you you do go out there and you you play around with some of that stuff and you figure out like I've built some food plots and and done some work intentionally, not the most efficient way. I just want to know if you can do it. Mm. So like. You know, I might go do a plot with just a tree saw and a grapple and I might clear, you know, one or two acres just to see how long it'll take me to do it. And then the next time I might do, you know, just my uh, disc mulcher and a grapple to clean it up, or maybe it'll be just a mower and the grapple to clean it up. So I use different combinations, you know, just trying to figure out like, eh, you know, which way might be you know, manageable for somebody to get into it. So then I can answer those questions. Somebody's like, well, what do I really need? Well, let me see your farm. Yeah. Tell me what you want to accomplish and I'll try to help you with the most financially feasible way to do it. So you, you spoke to it. There's kind of a beginner's, you know, area. Mm -hmm. What, in your opinion, what's the must have for a beginner getting into it? Don't have, they don't, they have this kid's gear, <laughs> but all they got is a bucket on it right now. Yeah. Uh, well, the grapple's the biggest, it's the, it's the cleanup piece. Mm. Um, mulching in some capacity, whether it's with our, our heavy duty brush mower and it's got some mulching blades built into it where it reprocesses and stuff. Um, that's the most inexpensive way. So if you just had that and just the grapple, you can do an awful lot. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe my favorite is our tree saw it has a rotating head that rotates 180 degrees. Um, you can cut trees down. It's got a spray tank and a nozzle on it. You pull, you know, you cut a hedge tree down. you got to kill it. Right. Yeah. So pull up there, hit the button on your joystick. That's cool. Yeah. Shoot, shoots, <laughs> shoots the Tordon on it, kills it. Pretty slick. Yeah. And then you come back with, you know, I'll park the tree up. I'll cut it in like three sections or take the tops and I want to, I want to use those to build, um, long brush piles or blockades. Yeah. Um, which may we get into that, but I think that's done wonders for my Turkey population. I mean, I have hundreds of turkeys now. Um, but I think I build this to just building single brush piles. I use them as deflection tools, yeah. like to, you know, to kind of funnel animals the way I want them to go. Yeah. Uh, but all that stuff's just—it's a big game in your mind that you play and stuff. But. Do you think there's a mistake that people can make? Like, can they overdo it, or can they, you know, is yeah. it get a little too, you know, too yeah. involved there and yeah. just start cutting down everything? And- well, I think the biggest thing, like for Mark, is an example. When he sits in a blind, that the wheels are constantly turning, 
So he's figuring out where the deer typically are coming from and then figure out why are they coming from there. And then like, you can't just block that off. Now you can funnel them in some ways or you can do some things, but I think you can get too carried away. And, you know, I know there's a lot of guys that are like building tall fences and different things like that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit too much, but I think you can, you can create natural pinch points, but first things first, spend the time in a stand or you're blind, watch the movement and then fine tune it. Yeah. Just tweak it a little bit where like I have two of them that the plots are maybe 60 yards wide, but where they go into the ag field, they're only 35. Mm. And then that's where, that's where my stands and my blinds are tucked in and, you know, with trees around them and stuff like that. But you're just naturally funneling them without pinching them down to a 10 yard. Like it's just a, it's just a very gradual pensions yeah but those are the type of things that's like you know talking to mark that he's now in tune with the really fine tuning of that stuff and not get too carried away yeah i could i could see where it'd be addicting and you're just like all right we're gonna oh. do a path here to this and we're gonna do a path mm-hmm. over there we're gonna mm-hmm. cut in a food plot over in this timber and-, and then when season rolls around and you see it working like that's even more positive feedback to kind of keep you going yeah but you don't want to overdo it like we're saying because you could have deer spreading out to a bunch of different mm-hmm. directions or you, you know what i mean you could kind of be hurting your own cause well, I, my, you know my dog's like you know every every action you have has a reaction right so when you make a change, you don't, to me, I don't go a hundred percent. I have like a three part plan in my mind. I'll do the first part, but now I just want to sit and watch it for a year. Mm-hmm. What did they, how did it change them? Did they stop using another food plot? Cause this one's closer to their bedding or mm-hmm. whatever. Start figuring some of those things out. Like, okay, now I know what they, what they like, what they're doing. Now I'm going to you know, double the size of this plot without getting too crazy and stuff. So you, you just kind of figure things out. But I think that's the that's the fun part. I've told all yeah. those guys, once you have it, it ruins <laughs> the just hunting part. Oh, well, we've ruined that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> it hadn't been just hunting in about yeah, 25 years for the guys. I it, don't cha- think. it change it'll change you. So. Yeah, I could see that. So, you know, kind of graduating into the next step and a guy that might have a 500 acres, a thousand acres, whatever, you know, so that's a little, you know, bigger property or a little more serious about it. What's the kind of next step up on the land management side, as far as the equipment you guys have to help that person out? Well, you know, then I would suggest, you know, guys get into the bigger loaders, you know, the, the most powerful ones of whatever brand it is you like, but take that step up, just go big, go bad. You can get into drum mulchers. Um, uh, I know uh, T-Bone just got one like this last week. He traded his disc in. For, he's like, well, he's got a lot in the pines and stuff. Yeah, You know, he needs to control the debris and stuff like that. So he switched up. Uh, what, what's the, before you go any further, what's the drum mulcher do? Like, what is it? Well, it, it'll, it'll shred stuff up. Um, you know, I don't know. We can shred a 24 inch hardwood Jeez. in a matter of, 10 minutes Jeez. it could be it could be it just be a pile of wood chips uh, good and bad right yeah. i mean sometimes you don't want a bunch of wood chips either because it i think it to best of my knowledge it adds a lot of acid you yeah. know 
properties and stuff. So you need to get that off. Sometimes it's better just to cut the tree down, mm. leave the stump, spray it, kill it, cut the tree up, use your grapple, get it off there. But you now guys can go, you know, from like a disc into drums. Um, I said the tree saws are magnificent because mm. um, my farmers think I'm the best landowner there is because oh, my friends. field edges are always <laughs> trimmed if i get if i get dead trees along the edge get those things down before they fall in the field yeah, and, yeah and, gotta go out and test the product again yeah, <laughs> yeah. so you know i'm always like i try to do it every year go around the whole you know all the crop edges get those trees out um hedge trees and locust trees are a nuisance yeah. to yeah. farmers and stuff so i try to get those cut back into the timber a bit and, and you know, saw them and spray them. And then I just take part the tops off and I'll build brush lines even within the timber, you know, for the turkeys mm -hmm. along the edge so the turkeys can nest in them and stuff. And you can go, when you're driving the field edge and stuff in the, in the you know, May and stuff, you'll, you'll see the hens running out yeah. and stuff like that. <clears throat> I don't know. I have kind of a philosophy on the, on using hedge and locust trees for, for nesting areas. I don't, I don't think coyotes necessarily Get like in it there. Yeah. <laughs> when they're really, really thick, but the birds seem to just burrow in and stuff. I'm not sure. saying that, you know, your uh, raccoons and stuff like that can't get in there. But sure. Yeah. I think it does cut down on the, I could see the that. A little There's extra a fight, protection. Yeah. Fighting chance. Yeah. Yeah. I don't say that. That's just my philosophy, but you know, when I, when I first bought it, there was probably 20 and, now there's probably 150 of them there. So Sweet. it made some difference. Yeah. Yeah. That is a nice bonus of doing the land management work is the like, so maybe you're have, you're managing for whitetails and turkeys, but you know, we had Chris Duncan on a couple of weeks back and he was talking about how he's seen pheasants, pheasants on his yeah. ground now because he's doing the habitat work and people are seeing quail in areas where they just yep. hadn't seen them in years and yeah. years. Yeah. So you're starting to bring the habitat back to what it should be. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Same, awesome. same with us. We've got, you know, two cubbies of quail now oh, that, wow. that didn't exist, Yeah, you know, eight years ago. Yeah, so. and, which is crazy, you know, 30, 40 years ago, yes, oh, yeah. but not in the last 20, no, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. People are just getting more and more savvy about the land. Good land equals good deer and good turkey. Well, I think there's a lot of programs too, and Chris Duncan was talking about that, like government programs, even we shit on the government all you want, but like, there's actually a lot of programs that you can participate in where they help, you know, share the cost for you <laughs> yeah. and the burden. Yeah. And, same way uh, in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunity and a lot of education out there that, that you can go get, whether it's on YouTube or, or places like DeerCast and articles or whatever. There, there's an abundance of places where you can kind of educate yourself, right. the Grant Woods of the world, you know, and, and figure out, okay, I got this piece of property and I don't really know what to do with it, but, you know, here's some, here's some things that other people are doing that I think I can implement and make a difference. Yep. No, I, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Well, Get it, better. It, it seems like, like Ed, with what you're doing, uh, we know with our buddy Paul Hollis over at PH Outdoors, it's nice to get equipment from people who are doing the same thing. So it's not like, Hey, you're going to buy this, this piece of equipment. Good luck figuring out how to, how to work it and how to like build a strategy around it. You guys know what you're doing. You know why people are picking these things up. Hmm. So there's probably a different level of support than if you just to go to a, well, 
a, a major manufacturer pick up. Yeah, you think about it like we say often with deer casts, it's purpose built for the deer hunter because it's it's we have the deer hunter in mind with these features. Well, with your product line, that's that's kind of the land management. Like you're you're not a hobbyist. Like you have this expertise in manufacturing that you brought to the table because you wanted to marry it with what was your hobby. It's like, all right, we yeah. can do this better. You've used the, you know, you use the competitors back in the day. It's like, oh, this can be done better. We we know how to make it better. So you did it. And I think yeah. that's the American ingenuity that, you know, we've all benefited from in a billion different ways. Like, you know, the hunting industry is just one area, but it's all industries. It's like, yeah. it was somebody that had a passion for this in their spare time that probably brought a skill set from a d- different industry right. into the fold and it, and it benefited a lot of us, you know, it just makes it, makes it easier. Yeah. You know, when you're working with people that are like-minded, yeah, you know, and I said, where we came from and our roots and, you know, it's just easier. You know, I can um, go to an outdoor show, which I think, you know, like we're one of the few companies that still do stuff like that through the outdoor industry. So we'll be like Iowa and Indiana, the, the deer classics, deer, deer class, you know, and uh, we'll be at the uh, NWTF this year. Yeah. For, first time it's taken a long time to get in. Yeah. That's <laughs> a big show. But yeah. we'll be there just it's because fun consumer show. Yeah. Just because it's just, you know, you can, your you, can be, you can be there and you can talk to them and just in, enjoy the conversations yeah. up. And, you know, there's absolutely no pressure you know, on our part, mm-hmm. we're, th- we're there just to enjoy the experience with people and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, and being around the consumer and the customer, whether they're your customer yet or not, you under- have an understanding for the need of the, of that section of people. It's like, all right, everybody's coming up and asking about this product line, or we need to do that. And then it's like, all right, it makes sense. Let's dive into it. So yeah. I think that's, well, yeah, you helpful. Could, yeah. You end up going down a kind of a rabbit hole too. Sure. Like you get suckered into some other things like I started building deer feeders that hold almost 4,000 pounds of food. <laughs> and, just, and now, and now I've, now I've built some, it sounds la- like a Texas thing. Now, now <laughs> I built some, I've never sold one. Huh. Now, and now I build some ladder stands and stuff. I'm like, I'm not selling them, but yeah, like friends of them are like latching onto them and yeah. stuff. Cause they're, they're just like well super sturdy. Like, yeah, there's nothing. Nothing cheap about them or yeah. easy about them. They're, they're really, really solid and stuff. But like I said, we just keep getting suckered into things like, hey, you know what you should do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be dangerous. <laughs> you go, so, going off a tangent that may not fun. be proud. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're never going to make a living at that stuff. But it it's fun that, you know, some of our partners and stuff, you can give them something else that's of high quality they can use. And yeah. it's like, hey, we're just, we do it because they enjoy it. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, do you have a retailer network? Are you direct to consumer? How do people? No, we don't do anything direct. It's all through. It's all through our um, construction dealers. Um, Cat, Bobcat, John Deere, Kubota, Takahuchi, New Holland, Gill. I'm sure I'll miss somebody, but yeah, all the major brands. We just use their dealerships sure. and stuff like that. So we were talking about it uh, off airs, uh, like a side and stricker Nobi, kind of in the Missouri Illinois area. They're yep. a big dealer, so those types of places, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. all of them. Talking about hundreds, hundreds of them. So yeah, yeah. can someone go to your website and find more info of where, like, a local dealer would be, or um, what's the best way to find out? If- yeah, the best way is just to, you know just to email in from the website there's links there to yeah. the salespeople, and then we try to funnel them to a certain region so we know who that salesman is and then he can get them 
hooked up with the right dealers yeah. and stuff. Depends on their brand. And, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, pick a brand that you can get the best service from, you know, who's going to take mm -hmm. care of you. Yeah. So. Yeah. It goes beyond the sale. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. So what, I mean, anything we're missing on the, on the land management side or what should people be thinking about right now? It's like I said, we're just out of deer season for a lot of yeah. folks. And, and now's the time where you can start implementing a lot of your plans before yeah. spring green up and, there you, go. you know, all that good stuff. So what are you doing on your place right now? Well, right now, first, first things first, uh, get all those field edges. I get all those trimmed up. Uh, I use it as a time to scout, you know, look for your, uh, your rub lines and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Get off the loader, get my, get my map and track me and I'll follow some trails and stuff like that. Find rub lines. And I use that time when I'm on the loader moving through the property, I use that time to try to study and try to figure some things out. That's to me right now before at least on my farm, they don't shed till like end of March. They're sure. real. They're really late there. Yeah. So, so. I, 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 I typically my places are the same way, but this year I've seen more shed early for whatever reason. Maybe the cold. Or I can maybe the cold. Not, the yeah, stress. Yeah. Maybe so. I don't know. Um. So, so say you, you've, you've, you're walking your property, you find a, a rub line, like, in your mind, then how do you relate that to what you want to do to that? I know it's d dependent on each property and well, yeah, how the you, lay of the land is, but right, what would you take that and do with it? Well, yeah, you lay, I, you know, overlay like my trails and overlay that on like a Google map or something like that. And then I go back on it and I, Oh, I take a thousand pictures. I'm crazy. Um, but then I try to figure out like, how can, is there anything I could do here? Like I have one area in particular, I added, one green plot that bumped, bumped right up against a uh, crop field. It's probably only a quarter of an acre, but it's got one of their favorite scrape trees on the whole farm. And it's right on the edge of the crop field and the green patch. But I noticed that they started coming in um, from the west of it just a little bit and they started tracking through them like, okay. I found a couple uh, uh, chinkapin oaks in there, mm. and like which on my farm are rare. They're like, okay, like you need to go in there and get some of those hedge trees and locust trees out, clear that out. And then I, you know, I might be able to just extend this green plot and make it about three quarters of an acre there where they're funneling in, and I can block a little bit over here. Like, mm. you just, I just, I take one thing, I lay it, lay it on a map, and I just start looking to see is there something else I can tune this up just a little bit more it's mm -hmm. not it might take me a day but just go in and just tinker with a little bit and see if i can add a little more food and it just seems like the as my population just continues to explode um you got to start adding more and more food and either that or kill a bunch more, more of them yeah so. yeah so try to kind of go further into the betting further into where they're coming from and yeah i think and and, con and convince them to kind of come out a little sooner yeah kind of if you, you yeah for me it's like what are they using like what you know what trails are their main ones coming in of course this time of year they're they're just mud right because mm -hmm. they're, they're so heavily traveled to the food sources and stuff so figure some of those things out find stand trees and see if there's anything i can do without you know messing it up mm -hmm. so you know i was afraid to cut a tree down the first year I'm like, gosh well they come back i only have a million of them <laughs> yeah, yeah right so yeah it, it, it makes you think just a little bit i'm a little bit um 
more into turkey hunting now. Like I don't do a lot of it, but I've got guys that love to come turkey hunt and uh, they're like, you know what you could do? If you could get some of this timber area, kind of open this up a little bit for us and, you know, maybe do a little more burning in there, then in the spring, we might have a really good place to shoot a turkey. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sure the equipment that you have, the, uh, um, the attachments are very helpful for prescribed burns in that type of stuff, like yeah. just setting your fire lanes and yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I generally take, you know, one of the mulchers or the mower and, yeah. and I'll create my, my, you know, burn edges and yeah. stuff and then start back burning and stuff. So. Yeah. 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 I started burning a lot more the last two years. Um, like one of my big projects is to just go in and totally redo the sanctuary um and just kind of see if i can get more grasses in there and stuff mm -hmm. and, and maybe get a little more forbs growing for them to to browse on and stuff right now it's just a bunch of junk trees that aren't doing any good yeah so, yeah. yeah so but it's fun so. Tim, it'd be helpful if you had one of these on your, with that, that farm that you had to go in and hand cut everything. Yes. <laughs> We've all done it. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and, and as, as, as I get older, I realize I have less, less time, um, just in life in general. Mm -hmm. And so I'm more and more leaning on like my buddy, Tony, that has equipment to come in and like the hand, the hand, like the power tools, the hand saws, that's going away. I need to be as efficient as I can with my time. It's well, safer too. Well, that's, that's, the, you know, that was the initial sell point, you know, for somebody like Lee, who is just, the man doesn't have a stop. To yeah. Him. But it's how you can get the work done in a fraction of the time because yeah. yeah. he has so much he's trying to do. And, and Mark's kind of the same way. Oh, yeah. He's never standing still, right? No. He's always going, going, going. Yep. So, you know, maximize your time and you, you start putting dollars and cents to it. it and it starts to make more sense mm -hmm. just to get stuff, spend a little more money up front to cut your Pay, time. Pays for it in yeah, the long to run. Cut 75% of your time out yeah. because we've all done the pole saws and we still, we still own them, right? We, but cutting that time down, like, yeah, yeah like I'll, I'll be going through there in a couple of weeks. I'll do, when I got the saw on, I'm going to go through, mm -hmm. I'm going to trim a couple of those, like, those limbs off there so I can get my blind in and out. Well, even whatever. you talking about having that part of the implement where it squirts the tort on, on it. Oh like, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like now you don't have to get out and spray each one uh, later yeah. or whatever. It's a small thing, but it's a time saver. Yeah, none of the hack and it. squirt stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just, Cut them it's down, spray it, and kill them. If anybody has not seen, you know, one of these videos on social media before from Lakoski's or um, T Bone or the Lindsay's or us, you should go Google it because they are really. It's like one of those kind of videos that suck you in and you just watch them and you With, keep watching. Yeah, like the X Multi for yeah, sure. Well, we just started linking those too on our website. Um, to where all of our partners and stuff that you know we enjoy a great relationship with we're reposting links to all their you to those YouTube videos where sure. they're using our yeah. equipment to do their thing. There's actually a section now in our, in our website, they go there, they can watch any of those. I don't know how many there are now, but um, yeah, they have our own series uh, for the love of the land series. And then uh, Mark stuff's in there, Lee stuff's in there, you know, anybody who 
gets it on YouTube. We're just plugging all yep. the, all those in now. So you can go watch them and they are addictive. They are. It's like oh. just to see how they freaking just take some of those, like not small trees. No. Either. <laughs> like what's the size that X Mulcher? Like how big of a tree oh, can that take I've, down? I've cut 30 inch trees down. Oh, I mean, that's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> that it can do that. It's yeah. just crazy. Oh, just for the fun of it. One time I, I cut down a dead locust tree. And if you've been around those, you know, they, they're just hard as a rock. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, well, I wonder how long it take me to mulch this thing up. So we just set a camera up. I went in to cut it down and I mulched it, went around the other side, finished up and stopped. It took me like 11 minutes to do a locust tree. probably 24, 26 inches. Jeez. <laughs> and a dead one. So yeah. You know, it's like concrete. Nasty. Oh yeah. It's nasty. Yeah. It's that's, just fun. Like that I, is I, fun. I've played around with stuff like that. Just, to know what it can do. And I've probably done a lot of things you're not supposed to do with them, but yeah, I'm, I'm the test <laughs> dummy. You got to test the I'm limits. the test dummy. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of fun stuff. Like, I, you know, hard it is to pull fence posts out. Oh, oh yeah. Like that. So we just, yeah, we just have some prototypes out for tree uh, pullers that you can go yeah. ahead and pinch on clamp, pull them yeah. out. You can pull awesome. old hedge posts out. And nice. Still got to get out and roll that wire up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you can pull out. that part. Yeah, I started playing around with it about a year ago. And, you know, you can pull six, eight-inch hedge trees out of the ground, just pull them Jeez. right out of the ground. So It makes <laughs> life easy, but it's fun to do while you're doing it. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's a bonus. Nice. Well, well I, I appreciate you coming in and kind of giving us the lowdown on it all. Like I said, it's on everybody's mind. That's whether you lease or own or whatever the case may be. It's, it's that time of year where everybody's like, all right, on a deer season 24. Now, no now's stops. the time to start putting in the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's getting, getting busy now. If it just gets a little bit of dry or, or yeah. frozen, like last week it was still frozen. So it's yeah. been a day and and so now I got to wait till it dries off yeah, a little bit. So. Yeah, it's going to be messy today. I think it's getting into the low 50s after all that nasty, rainy kind of frozen weather. It's it going to be sloppy. Yeah. 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 So. All right. Well, let's jump into the wildlife word. It's brought to you by Cold Steel, the strongest and sharpest knives for hunters, military, law enforcement, and EMS professionals. Make Cold Steel your EDC. Is that everyday carry? It is. Yeah. There you go. Look at me. I carry the verdict every day. It's a little folder. So you, you, your judge, jury, and verdict all in one. Like I'm gonna cut. <laughs> not yeah, not the executioner, but uh, I will render a verdict. Okay. <laughs> Usually the verdict is this needs cutting. <laughs> Easy, Tim. <laughs> okay. Research shows that whitetail bucks reach their minimum, their maximum antler potential at what age? Is it <laughs> three years old? Four? Five? Or six. What do you think, Ed? I'm going to go with six. That's what I would go with, six. Ding, ding, ding. You're right. Six. Perfect. And, you know, obviously they're individual cases and nutritional. Sometimes they go backwards, Tim. Sometimes <laughs> they do. You thinking about Titan? Yeah, well, I'm getting so – I've seen, like, so many comments. The the I killed a deer on the last day of the season. It's a deer All that right, we've known we know. for three – Sorry, Tim, that we've known for three years. You know, the first year we were on this lease, we felt like he was four and a half. And he may have been five and a half. You know, I yeah. didn't have the history, so I didn't know. But he took a big step backwards this this past 
year, this past deer season, but we had that terrible drought and I had a couple deer that took a step backwards. And anyways, so the hunt, um, the deer season 23 episodes up on YouTube and deer cast. And I've had several comments where people are like, that's not a six and a half year old deer. You're, you're doing a disservice to the jury name. It's a, that's a three that's and a, a half year old. Well, yeah, <laughs> yes, I know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but, uh, it's just like, you know, why would I lie about that? The yeah. deer can go backwards. A lot of times you, you hear Mark and Terry say that, you know, they take a step back at five and they blow at six and they can do that. But, um, that was not the case. And I think it was just all those, the drought conditions oh, yeah, that back, we had back to back years. Yeah. Drought. I mean, yeah, mine, I didn't have any of them that looked like they grew at all in the last mm. two years. It's just like, they might add a point, but there's no mass. No to mass. Them. That's, that's what I yeah. noticed. The biggest, even my taxidermist, like, you know, went and looked at some of his and he's like, I have like, two deer that actually have really nice mass this year, but they're all more spindly and stuff. Mm. But that was the surprising part about Terry's big deer this year, because uh, even on his farm, like every deer took a step back, it seemed like, and that deer just blew and it was mass and stickers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just their DNA. It's just so interesting to me that you can have a deer that's in the same environment as all the rest and something different catapulted in yeah. 30 they're inches or 20 or yeah, whatever it was. Sure. So yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay. We got some new Rack Pack members. All right. So, Ed, this is a real treat for you to okay. be a part of. So, we got a, a private Facebook group. Um, it's just the Jury Outdoors Rack Pack. And it's a it's a group of people. Uh, basically, they're hoodlums and <laughs> vagabonds. And, yeah. I mean, like us. <laughs> That's right. <Okay>. And uh, <laughs> listeners of this here show. And uh, so, every week, Tim gives me a list of new names. Every week, I read them and butcher their names. But every week there's a fake one somewhere in the midst. Oh boy. All right. So we got Keaton Dune. Huh. We got Nacho Belgrande, oh. which I assume would be the fake name, Tim. Sounds ethnic. You're getting lazy. I mean, Nacho Belgon Belgrande. That sounds like a deer. I yeah, mean, that's right. That's I wish I had a Nacho Belgrande deer. I apologize to Mr. Belgrande. Okay. We got Travis Nebel, Mitchell Harris, Ethan McCarty. Huh? Uh James Robertson, that's fake. Chad Klein, Carl Compton, Zach Chalupa. Also, hmm. seems like a taco scenario. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, you, might, I, you might have to use it on a deer sometimes. <laughs> that's right. Chalupa. Uh, so I'm going with Nacho Nacho Belgrande <laughs> is the fake this week. Ding ding ding! All right, now you've been a part of all the shenanigans. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. I just think this is. Jury Outdoors promotes this podcast. Well, not well, but Kinda. we're under the umbrella. Do they, do Mark and Terry actually watch it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Only if they're now. on it, and they only watch it as they're filming it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I think they prefer to have an arms distance approach to this podcast. <laughs> we had it was this past summer. We had Mark and Terry here in studio, both of them same place, same time, which is a rarity. But each one was sitting below one of the lights out here. Yeah. Judging and us as we. I think Terry dozed off. He point. did, which isn't, that's pretty much what he's done his whole life. He's just a dozer. <laughs> Every hunt I've ever been on with him, he dozed. Yeah, yeah. But he woke up at the end. We had all the farm guys. So Wade and Perry and Forrest were on with us. And he, he woke up at the very end of it. And he had some choice words as he walked off, this, uh, you know. 
Oh, that was brutal. Yeah, even even we couldn't uh, let that hit air. Yeah, we had a bleep. <laughs> Terry's, Thanks, Terry. But he slept through it. I don't know that he could even pay attention. And it was one of the most popular podcasts of the entire yeah, year yeah. was that was podcast with the farm guy. So suck it, Terry. Right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, you know. Give me an opportunity and stuff. It's been fun. No, we enjoy having in, in studio guests. So thanks for making the trek into to St. Peter's and and uh, we appreciate it. Look forward to seeing more videos like Wade and those guys just use the hell out of it. So look forward to every time they do a new lead. You know, it's like, hey, we picked up this 60 acre parcel and instantly they go, they go to work on how they can improve it and make it better. There. They get the veil going. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure and b-roll this episode with a bunch of those videos. Like I said, they're, they're, <laughs> they're addicting go. to watch. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. We appreciate, appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. All right. Well, let's shut this thing down. Apologies for no show last week. I know a lot of people were bummed out. Yeah. Just could not squeeze it in. If we were better people, we would have filmed one while we were at Shot Show, but we're not. So we just we missed a week. We'll make up for it, I promise. Till next time. See ya. Peace out. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind check out to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast. DeerCast.